0: We want to take a second to thank you for supporting Womance by listening to our podcast. One great way that you can continue supporting us, including those listens, is hitting subscribe, telling a friend, leaving a review. That stuff all really matters.
1: Sharing it on your personal social media is another great way to spread the word about Womance. And another option for supporting us, if we may be so bold, is to recommend going to our Patreon, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us spread the word of Woe. If you
0: want to contribute more than a dollar a month which obviously no pressure whatever you've got we are so appreciative to have but we have awesome gifts for you if you want a hand addressed letter from morgan and isabeau maybe with some special whoa stickers other merch
1: just uh, visit our patreon we are womance on patreon or is it patreon.com forward slash womance we would be very proud to call you one of our patrons
0: Welcome back to this Womance's public access read-along of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I'm your even chapter reader, Isabel.
1: I'm your odd chapter reader, Morgan. Morgan, we've reached chapter 40. That means you
0: got to tell us what happened in chapter 39.
1: Well, the thing that happened in chapter 39... Okay, key points, plot points... Jane and Elizabeth return home to Longburn, Mm -hmm. and Lydia has developed this scheme where she gets to go to Brighton, Mm -hmm. and she's trying to get her parents to approve of it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it was mostly just the Lydia show. Yeah. She was funny, dazzling, and brilliant. She was, strangely (laughs) enough. Baby sisters in Jane Austen are a highlight for me. I'm also thinking of um, Mary Mary. (laughs) Persuasion, Persuasion. who I love. She's just, like, so serious. Anyways.
0: One of my favorite texts of all time, and one that I can remember word for word, was when you were reading Persuasion for the first time for this podcast, (laughs) and you sent me at, like, sometime at a strange time at night, somewhere between, like, let's say 9 and 11, and it was totally absent any context and it was just like I get Mary babies fucks with babies and literally for a full day I thought you were talking about Mary our acquaintance fr- from yeah. grad school and I was like I don't understand this and then yeah, I, was, I
1: get it you're friends with Mary yeah it's like you're
0: having fun without me cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah babies get it all right and then I like read another chapter of Mary and I'm like I bet she's talking
1: about this yeah Mary our mutual friend is actually a middle child mmm so is mary in Pride and prejudice oh yeah she is
0: coincidence
1: <laughs> i don't think so uh follow m Reichman on instagram she did our logo she does great artwork she does
0: chapter 40 elizabeth's impatience to acquaint jane with what had happened could no longer be overcome and at length, resolving to suppress every particular in which her sister was concerned and preparing her to be surprised, she related to her the next morning the chief of the scene between Mr. Darcy and herself. Miss mm. Bennett's astonishment was soon lessened by the strong sisterly partiality which made any admiration of elizabeth appear perfectly natural and all surprise was shortly lost in other feelings she was sorry that mr darcy should have delivered his sentiments in a manner so little suited to recommend them but still more was she grieved for the unhappiness which her sister's refusal must have given him his being so sure of succeeding was wrong said she and certainly ought not to have Appeared, but consider how much it must increase his disappointment. Indeed, replied Elizabeth. I am heartily sorry for him, but he has other feelings, which will probably soon drive away his regard for me. You do not blame me, however, for refusing him. Blame you? Oh, no. But you blame me for having spoken so warmly of Wickham. No, I do not know <laughs> that you were wrong in saying what you did, but you will know it when I have told you what happened the very next day. She then spoke of the letter, repeating the whole of its contents as far as they were concerned, as far as they concerned George Wickham. What a stroke was this for poor Jane, who would willingly have gone through the world without believing that so much wickedness existed in the whole race of mankind and was here <laughs> collected in one individual. <laughs> wow, this has really the made worst, a turn. The worst person on <laughs> planet Earth <laughs> you tried to elope in Ramsgate for <laughs> <Her> money, <laughs> fucking what so funny, nor was Darcy's vindication though very though grateful to her feelings capable of consoling her of such discovery. Most earnestly did she labor to prove the probability of error and seek to clear one without involving the other. This will not do, said Elizabeth. You never will be able to make both of them good for anything. (laughs) Take your choice, but you must be satisfied with only one. There is but such a quantity of merit between them. Just enough to make one the good sort of man, and of late it has been shifting about pretty much. For my part, I'm I'm inclined to believe it all, Mr. Darcy. But you shall do as you choose." It was some time, however, before a smile could be extorted from Jane. "'I do not know when I have been more shocked,' said she. "'Wickham's so very bad. "'It's almost past belief, and poor Mr. Darcy, dear Lizzie, "'only consider what he must have suffered such a disappointment, "'and with the knowledge of your ill-opinion, too, "'and having to relate such a thing of his sister. "'It really is too distressing. "'I am sure you must have felt it so.' "'Ugh, no, my regret and compassion are all done away "'by seeing you so full of both.' I know you'll do him such ample justice that I'm growing every moment more unconcerned and indifferent. Your perfusion makes me saving, and if you lament over him much longer, my heart will be as light as a feather. Poor Wickham. (laughs) there's such an expression of goodness in his countenance such an openness and gentleness in his manner there certainly was some great mismanagement in the education of these two young men one has got all the goodness and the other all the appearance of it oh i never thought mr darcy so deficient in the appearance of it as you used to and yet i meant to be uncommonly clever and taking so decided a dislike to him without any reason. It is such a spur to one's genius, such an opening for wit to have a dislike <laughs> of that kind. One may yeah. be continually abusive without saying anything just, but one cannot be always laughing at a man without now and then stumbling on something witty. Hmm. Lizzie, when you first read that letter, I am sure you could not treat the matter as you do now. Indeed, I could not. I was uncomfortable enough. I was very uncomfortable. I may say unhappy. And with no one to speak to what I felt, no Jane to comfort me and say I had not been so very weak and vain and nonsensical as I knew I had. Oh, how I wanted you. How unfortunate that you should have used such very strong expressions in speaking of Wickham to Mr. Darcy. For now they do appear wholly undeserved. Certainly but the misfortune of speaking with bitterness is the most natural consequences of the prejudices I'd been ent- encouraging. There is one point on which I want your advice. I want to be told whether I ought or ought not to make our acquaintance in general understand Wickham's character. Miss Bennet paused a little and then replied, surely there can be no occasion for exposing him so dreadfully. What is your opinion? That it ought not to be attempted mr darcy has not authorized me to make his communication public on the contrary every particular relative to his sister was meant to be kept as much as possible to myself and if i endeavor to undeceive people as to the rest of his conduct who will believe me the general prejudice against mr darcy is so violent that it would be the death of half the good people in Meryton to attempt to place him in an amiable light i'm not equal to it Wickham will soon be gone, and therefore it will not signify to anybody here what he really is. Sometime hence it will all be found out, and then we may laugh at their stupidity in not knowing it before. At present, I will say nothing about it.
1: Uh, Whose fault is it that the general prejudice against Mr. Darcy is so violent that it would be good, it would destroy half the good people in Mary's Uh, I think Lizzie bears quite a bit of that blame. I think you're thinking of Miss Lizzie uh, Bennett. The main character of this book. One Elizabeth Bennett.
0: You're quite right. To have his errors made public might ruin him forever. He is now perhaps sorry for what he has done and anxious to reestablish a character. You must not make him desperate. The tumult of Elizabeth's mind was allayed by this conversation. She got rid of two of the secrets which had weighed on her for a fortnight, and was certain of a willing listener in Jane, whenever she might wish to talk again of either. But there was still something lurking behind, of which prudence forbade the disclosure. She dared not relate the other half of Mr. Dorsey's letter, nor explain to her sister how sincerely she had been valued by his friend. Here was knowledge in which. No one could partake, and she was sensible that nothing less than a perfect understanding between the parties could justify her in throwing off this last encumbrance of mystery. And then, said she, if that very improbable event should ever take place, I shall merely be able to tell what Bingley may tell in a much more agreeable manner than myself. The liberty of communication cannot be mine till it has lost all its value. She was now, on being settled at home, at leisure to observe the real state of her sister's spirits. Jane was not happy. She still cherished a very tender affection for Bingley. Having never even fancied herself in love before, her regard had all the warmth of first attachment and from her age and disposition greater steadiness than first attachments often boast. And so fervently did her value did she value his remembrance and prefer him to every other man that all her good sense and all her attention to the feelings of her friends prerequisite to check the indulgence of those regrets which must have been injurious to her own health and their tranquility well is said Miss Bennett one day. What is your opinion now of this sad business of Jane's? For my part, I'm determined never to speak of it again to anybody. I told my sister and Philip so the other day, but I cannot find out that Jane saw anything of him in London. Well, He's a very undeserving young man, and I do not suppose that there is least chance in the world of her ever getting him now. There's no talk of his coming to Netherfield again in the summer, and I have inquired of everybody, too, who is likely to know. I do not believe that he will ever live at Netherfield anymore. Oh, well. It's just as he chooses. Nobody wants him to come. They will always say that he used my daughter extremely ill, and if I was her, I would not have put up with it. Well, my comfort is, I am sure Jane will die of a broken heart, and then he'll be sorry for what he has done. But as Elizabeth could not receive comfort from any such expectation, she made no answer. (laughs) "'Well, Lizzie,' continued her mother soon afterwards. "'And so the Collinses live very comfortable, do they?' "'Well, well. I only hope it will last. "'What sort of table do they keep?' "'Charlotte is an excellent manager, I dare say. "'She's half as sharp as her mother. "'She is saving enough. "'There's nothing extravagant in their housekeeping, I dare say. "'No, nothing at all. "'Great deal of good management depend on it. "'Yes, yes, they will take care not to outrun their income. "'They will never be distressed for money. "'Well, much good may it do them.' And so I suppose they often talk of having Longburn when your father is dead. They look upon it quite as their own, I dare say, whenever that happens. It was a subject which they could not mention before me. No, it would have been strange if they had. But I make no doubt they often talk of it between themselves. Well, if they can be easy with an estate that is not lawfully their own, so much the better. I should be ashamed of having one that was only entailed on me. (laughs) I love Miss Bennett. (sighs) Mrs. Bennett.
1: She's politically cutting edge. Politically and legally right there on the fucking cutting edge. (laughs) A proto-feminist, even. (laughs) One might say. Uh, Yeah. Jane.
0: Jane. Uh,
1: Gosh. I do think that sometimes, uh, you know, occasionally a friend of mine will have a good opinion, an insistently good opinion, of someone who I'm like, no way. And then I'm like, you know what, though? I, too, am a son of a bitch. And it's nice to know that that person's going to stick up for me. And, you know, I suppose that's the comfort of Jane.
0: Unrelentingly good.
1: Positive. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe.
0: I mean, she thinks of the goodness in others, like, I think there's something of a Disney princess vibe to Jane. Oh, yeah. A sort of Cinderella type. Yeah. Like, Cinderella never said anything shitty about her step-sisters or stepmother, even no. though they, like, critically yeah, yeah. abused her for years.
1: Big, hideous feet, and then she had tiny, perfect feet.
0: Yeah. And perfect hands. Yeah. That <laughs> never calloused, even with all of her chores. Yeah. that's That's Jane's vibe.
1: Yes. I think so as well. And like Lizzie I don't know. Like maybe maybe Lizzie is just coping by being like, Wow, Jane is such a good person. I don't know. I like that she
0: calls Jane out where she's like, No, you have to choose. Like there's only goodness enough for one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: You can't possibly consider them both to be perfect people.
0: One of the things that I do like on this reading and this reflection is that, like, the sisters are always different. And, like, every adaptation has the sisters be different. But here, it's like you can really see the differences. And even in the alliances, like, Jane and Lizzie are often a unit. They're, like, they're the oldest. They're together. Like, they think alike. They love each other very particularly. But even here, like, the the ways that Elizabeth is now keeping things from Jane, but also like pushing Jane, like that's nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: What's nice about it?
0: Just that like they're like fully developed humans. <laughs> <You know? laughs> is, like, is that sad? It's no, just <laughs> a little sad. I am going to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. I think I read so many women who and like sisters or friends that are just like I don't know billboards.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think especially in romance, you know, we talk about how relationships between women are depicted, non-romantic relationships, and we're like, oh, it's great that they're included, but usually, like, the the structure of a romance is so rigid in its centering of the romantic couple, that a friend or a sister can't really be much more than a cheerleader or a villain. Mm-hmm. Um... But here, clearly, in a quick, quick quick-moving book, like is okay. Well, that's the thing. Is this book quick-moving? Because we spent a lot of time just kind of like sitting around (laughs) reading letters, going to houses. I mean,
0: we spent six weeks at Hunsford.
1: Yeah, it's a. It's like it's a short book, but I don't think it's a fast book.
0: But like. But, like, when things happen, they happen quickly.
1: Yeah. But, like, I'm trying to think, like, when I read it by myself, I don't think I spend a whole lot of time reading it, you know?
0: No, I mean, we don't deep dive like this. (laughs) It doesn't feel as long or as, like, turgid as Jane Eyre.
1: Turgid, yeah. Yeah, I think Jane Eyre, you really feel the heft.
0: Yeah, like, Jane Eyre is, like the feeling right before a storm breaks this is like a sunny afternoon
1: <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. they are look i'm not afraid to say it they're very different books.
0: <laughs> stop the presses <laughs> hot take
1: I you know i've been thinking a lot about like which i prefer do i like jane eyre pride and prejudice better And I think it's like that conversation we just had where, like, a favorite doesn't mean it's the most loved. Mm. Like, if I was on a desert island, Jane Eyre, for sure. For sure. But I don't know if I would say I I prefer reading it to Pride and Prejudice. But I probably do, because I'm pretty deep. Pretty deep and dark. Pretty cool. You know, it just, like, matches my leather jackets and dark sunglasses and cigarettes better.
0: It does do those things.
1: Yeah. I can't smoke. Bad for you. <laughs> because it's bad for me. <laughs> and that's what has stopped me <laughs> <laughs> from being cool. Not yeah. Not, not the fact that I look like an ant waiting for a bus. Every time this. <laughs> oh, god <laughs> uh, also I cough a lot. Yeah. Anyways, you used to be a smoker.
0: A social smoker, yeah, when I bartended. Yeah, cool. I was cool. I looked fucking cool. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> must be nice.
0: It's true. Not all of us were blessed with baby hands.
1: <laughs> Maybe if I got, like, one of those, like, roach clips.
0: Mm. Mm. yeah that would be cool
1: what I need to do is get distance between, <laughs> yeah, like, my, <laughs> between my pudgy little hands
0: <laughs> but also like it would be cool as hell right you know what I mean where you just like you pull that out and you're like mm. oh my
1: god well. window into my personal life I bought some press on nails thinking that this would be a solution to a lot of problems I have and it 100% looks like you know when a toddler puts on their mom high <laughs> heels it's like, that on my hands. <laughs> like i'm going to the office
0: <laughs> my child has just started doing that That's <laughs> the cutest Aww. fucking thing in the
1: world that is cute that is cute
0: Ugh. she loves putting on mama's shoes
1: well if i could give her one piece of advice it would be to loosen her prejudices but never her prides. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Woly Wolly guacamole, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Womance.
0: Womance is hosted, produced, and edited by my friend Morgan.
1: And by my friend Isabel. Our logo artwork is by another friend, Mary Reichman. You can find her on Instagram at m.reichman, spelled R E I S C H M A N N.
0: com.
1: If you have an idea or just want to reach out, please email womancemail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Womance is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts to add to your romance collection at frolic.media backslash
1: podcasts.
0: Until next time.